Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Mark. Welcome to another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. Today, we are diving back into uh, the video response or the audio response I'm doing to a video, 10 Reasons People Are Leaving Legacy Churches for House Churches. Again, you can I'll link to the original video in the description of this podcast episode, so I encourage you to listen to the whole thing in context, um, but I'm just going to give my responses to some of these arguments because I agree and I disagree with them, and I think I want to say, like, let's think a little bit better about these arguments because you're likely to hear some of these in your everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee. Let's sit and listen as I go through this today. We're going to be looking at at uh, argument three and four and the 10 reasons or reason three and four. Anyway, coming your way in just one moment. Let me take a breath and a sip of coffee. Hold, please. All right, trying to dive right into it today. So I am talking about the video I mentioned in yesterday's introductory episode, a video by Matt Dabbs. And this video has been viewed over 64,000 times. So that's not nothing, right? That's a lot. And this video was sent to me by someone who said, look, here's a good reason why I'm thinking about leaving a traditional church and starting or joining a house church. It's become quite popular in America to have house churches Ironically, in other parts of the world, they don't have the option of having a traditional church building. And, you know, Americans are really good at doing trendy things. So now it's become really trendy um, in the same way that thrifting has become trendy. You know, it used to be something that poor people went to Goodwill. Now people who don't necessarily need to shop at Goodwill do so because it's trendy. I am not throwing everybody into that basket. But I am just saying, we tend to jump onto fads and trends and things. And I think the house church movement in some segments is a trend. I'm certainly not saying that Matt Dapps is uh, is being trendy here, but I do think his arguments are weak in that they are designed for people who are already considering house church or who already feel like it's more um, or it's superior in some ways. And so I'm just trying to give some uh, some a counter argument to some of these things However, I do agree with some of his points. He has some valid things to consider. So yesterday we looked at his first two reasons, uh, being one that it's uh, uh, you know completely biblical, and we talked about that. Secondly, it is efficient, and we talked about that. So I'm going to dive in today here with this very first, with uh, uh, argument number th- uh, two, rela- um, reason number three. I'm really trying to get my words going here, but let me just go ahead and click play, and we'll listen to uh, this uh, third reason people are leaving legacy churches for house churches. The third thing is house church is incredibly intimate and highly relational. There is no back pew in your living room. There is nowhere to hide. I'm not going to keep interrupting every couple of seconds, but I do want to say here, he uses the word intimate here a lot. I'm not a fan of using the word intimate. I'm not so sure that it's a selling point. Like, why should I have a house church? It's intimate. Like, that's a good reason for me probably not to go. Maybe you're looking for an intimate experience. I'm not, but that's just me. You connect. You have opportunity to share, to stop and pray for each other, to share testimony, to be intimate both with God and neighbor. Living room is a familiar space in which we share intimate conversations with people we love. We're already used to that space being used in that manner. When you enter into a church building, there was an old saying we used to say, the church walls have ears. The church walls have ears. They're listening. It's like there are certain things you don't want to say in the church building. Don't say that out loud. You know, you don't want to confess your sins out loud in the church building because it just feels like you're going to end up in a real mess or in some trouble. 
if the wrong people hear about this. Not so in your living room. Your living room, you might be in tears in your living room in the middle of a church. People gathering around you, praying for you, hugging you, loving you. Yes, that happens in big church. It's just not the norm for that space. Okay, so it's not the norm for that space. I cannot help but feel like it's possible that Mr. Dabbs, I don't know what kind of church he was a part of. I feel like he's got two ends of the spectrum here. You've either got house church or you've got mega church. For one thing, yes, your living room is an intimate space, and and I don't know, I've never heard the church building has, the church walls have ears, but I'm unclear how it is that the same people who would gather in a church building would be any different than the kind of people who would gather in your living room. Do you have different kinds of conversations in your living room? Yes, with small groups of friends and family. But again, is that what we're after here? Is that the point of house church is to have a small, quote, intimate group of friends and family? Do you not love people in church? I personally have had many serious and um, deep conversations with people in church. And I've confessed sins to people in church. And so I'm not really sure that this argument is a good one it, it, for, for several reasons. One, you know, okay. If the reason that you don't want to have these kinds of conversations in the, quote, legacy church building is because someone might hear you, you might be judged, um, you might get in some kind of vague trouble, he mentions— I'm unclear how having a house church is going to stop that problem. Let us stop for a moment and think about all of the ways that the Apostle Paul had to address people who, according to Mr. Dabbs, were only meeting in biblical houses, house churches. The New Testament was full of those problems. This is not an answer to a problem. This, all this does is move the location of the problem from a legacy building into your living room. There's a lot of gossip that happens in living rooms. There's a lot of hurt that happens in living rooms. And if you're actually, as he's going to say in just a moment, evangelizing your neighborhood, if you're evangelizing people, then you're going to have people come into your house church. And one of the things that stops people from being open and transparent is not knowing the people around them. There's no way of getting around this. I hear the frustration and I think there are solutions to it. I just don't think that people are leaving churches uh, because of this reason. I don't buy it. I just don't. Maybe there are some here and there, but the experience I've had with people who do house churches is sooner or later the same old problems crop up. And do you want to know why? Because it's the same old people. It's the same old people. So um, I hear you, Mr. Dabbs. I hear that it seems more intimate, but not everybody's looking for that intimacy. Um, and that and he this is a big thing for him, this this feeling of intimacy and this feeling of family. And he seems to struggle with, with his church background, that not being the case um, in his experience. So, all right, so it's more relational and it's more um, intimate. Um, no. I, I, I don't see how that is a foregone conclusion. Though, again, in large mega churches, you do struggle with that, that close relationship. That's true. But you can be intentional about it. It doesn't require going to a house church. And let's just be honest. Some of the people that we meet in legacy churches are weird. And so are some of the house church people. Weird is just weird. Okay? Um, our, our reason number four. Reason number four. It helps um, local mission. Here we go. What happened? Oh, I'm sorry. Reason number four, and then I didn't unmute it. Let me just back this up just a little bit. For that space for many churches. The third is that it can be quite effective locally and be on mission. 
your little outpost of the kingdom in your neighborhood, on your street, in your cul-de-sac. You can be there and meet the needs of your neighbors. You can serve them. You can love them. You can prayer walk your neighborhood, look for needs, pray with people, encourage people, invite people. The thing with a, with a church building, a traditional model is the church is a third space that's off in the middle of town that you have you know, not a lot of proximity to and you don't live around the people where you worship around. You don't know the neighbor to the church building because you don't live near your church building. But when it's house church, you live near your church building because it's your house. And so there's a great opportunity to be a lot more evangelistic locally within your community. And so it's very natural to say, hey, come over next door to our service on Sunday and, and come and pray with us and worship with us. The fifth thing is... Okay, so, why. so uh, again, let me see if understanding the argument correctly, um, this is an issue where it's more, it helps with, it helps with mission. All right, I'm going to go back here because I, I just want to go back and talk a little and listen to that just one more time right at the very, very beginning. Here we go. Let's see here. One more time. It can be quite effective locally and be on mission. Your little outpost of the kingdom in your neighborhood, on your street. Okay. Your little out, outpost of the kingdom in your neighborhood, on your street, in your cul-de-sac. I didn't hear anything in this argument, anything in this reason that precludes or excludes anybody anywhere from doing the exact same thing because none of us live in the church building his argument seems to be that because you don't live in the church then you can't minister to the neighbors that you live near because your house isn't the church but if your house was the church then you could minister to your neighbors tell me why any church couldn't do a prayer walk around the in the neighborhoods around where their church building is unless of course their church building isn't in a neighborhood but then people live in neighborhoods the people who go to those churches what's stopping you from doing a prayer walk around your neighborhood or meeting people in your community and getting to know them and serving them and loving them why does it why is it any more effective just because your house is also the church and again this guy is definitely he's he's all about the house church and I'm cool with that except for the fact that let's be honest it not everybody who you would not all your neighbors go to your church one of the things I've noticed over the years is that most of the people who live around a traditional church building don't actually attend that church. In our neighborhood, I am the only person who lives near our church building who attends our church. We have we are we are surrounded by six different people. Not a single one of those six family units besides my own actually goes to our church. Now, I would like to see hard data because my 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 belief is that you'd find it's almost exactly the same. I would bet you, bet your bottom dollar, I'd bet you a Starbucks coffee that in most house churches, people are traveling from other locations to your house to go to church, and you're not building a church out of your friends and neighbors on your street and on your in your little outpost of the kingdom on your little cul-de-sac. I'm guessing that's the truth. Again, you may think, well, this is going to be more missional. What if it ends up being more isolationist? You know, you get yourself into your house. We have a house church in our community that is very like this. They're, they live in a little outpost of the kingdom. They, they, they minister to their groups of people. But guess what happens? Every time there's something big going on or a big event, they want to either come to our church or they want our church to take a part of it. I'm happy to do that. But this is, again, not the solution to the problem. If mission is the, is the motive, there is no reason why people can't 
can't be just as missional in their communities and in their neighborhoods, whether they travel across town to go to church or not. Unless, again, the argument here is only people that live on your street and in your cul-de-sac should go to your church. My guess is that Matthew Dabbs would say, well, no, I'm not saying that at all. Then if it if you're not saying that only the people who live in your neighborhood street or cul-de-sac should come to your little outpost of the kingdom, then tell me how that is any different than people traveling to a legacy church building to go to church and then being missional in their neighborhood street and cul-de-sac. There is zero difference between those two things. So again, I'm not against house churches, just like he claims to not be against legacy churches, but this is not the panacea of of solutions. These problems that he's presenting, he's not actually, he's not presenting any arguments that are convincing me so far that this is the reason people are leaving legacy churches in droves or of any kind to go to these churches. And, it, and my experience, I have firsthand experience with house churches, and many of them, after a year or two, the newness wears off, and all that intimacy just doesn't solve the problem and people wind up drifting back to where a larger number of God's people are gathering in a quote legacy building. I've admitted and talked about at length on this podcast that there are issues with the traditional church model, but I think it's good to have some balance in this issue and not rush out of your church building to a house somewhere because someone said, look, we're solving all of these problems. Again, this video has been viewed over 65,000 times or 64,000 times. A lot of people are watching it. I think it's worth talking about on this podcast today. So that is where we are for today, and I hope that you have found that uh, interesting. I hope you found it insightful. I'd love to hear your pushback to my pushback. Um, I'm not a, if you have a house church and, and you're doing it very successfully and you can provide some context to that, let me hear about it. But in the meantime, I'm just going to keep on doing the work that God has called me to do. I love and support my Christian brothers and sisters who start house churches. But I think that if you start a house church in response against legacy churches, I think you're going to wind up bankrupt at some point. Uh, there are maybe good reasons to have house churches, and there are bad reasons to have them. And so I just wanted to go through these reasons with you. I hope you're finding that interesting, if nothing else. So I'll be back tomorrow. We'll look at we'll look at the next couple of reasons given in this video, and I'll give you my take on them. And until then, you guys have a great day. Talk to you soon. <laughs>